What a fun baptism today. I think Jesus would love it if we splash in the waters of baptism, right? Just relish in the waters of baptism. What a great reminder. And at the end of that baptism, we all stood up and we sang those simple and memorable words. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We've sung these words often at that pulpit. They're poetic words that remind us of the promises of God. The promises that sustain us and maintain us and encourage us and hold us forever. Jesus loves me, this I know. I wonder if you've heard uh, the familiar name of Karl Barth, famous theologian who wrote the church dogmatics, and I can't even stretch my fingers as far to cover all the volumes that include the church dogmatics. I have a few of the volumes, and they take up a whole shelf in my study. He wrote so extensively, so expansively, so comprehensively. Karl Barth was asked, actually, the story goes that he was lecturing at Union Seminary in 1962, and he was asked if he could summarize all of his theology in a simple answer, and he said, yes, I can. I can do it in a song that I learned at my mother's knee. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Nice answer from a loquacious and famous theologian. But it's easy to minimize those words, Jesus loves me. When we find ourselves in chaos, when we find ourselves in crisis, when we find ourselves confused by life's circumstances, these words, Jesus loves me, are not the first words that come to mind. When I think about the horrific scene at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, another mass slaughter of innocent children in a schoolhouse by a young man, these words, Jesus loves me, are not on my tongue when I watch the testimony and see the videos again about the assault on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th and the assaults that continue to threaten our democratic process. Those words, Jesus loves me, this I know, might be super helpful. I know they're true. But they are not generally the first thought that comes to mind when I keep reading day after day about the destruction and the atrocities that are happening in Ukraine. Jesus loves me, this I know, is not our first tune that we start humming when we think about rising inflation or when we watch the heat index go up and we realize the globe is actually in crisis. These words, Jesus loved me, seem to drift away, maybe even are forgotten when the doctor walks in the room and says the diagnosis and it's real, or when we keep realizing that our loved one is more and more confused and not coming back, or when we have to keep going to more treatments. 
It's wonderful and sweet and appropriate to sing Jesus Loves Me at this baptismal font today, especially with this family. It's good to bask in those words. We need them so much. But when we find ourselves in a frenzy and the chaos, when we find ourselves in troubling times, it's hard to see through the storms and see God's abiding love. When we are covered up by weighty matters, it's hard to feel the buoyancy of God, God's grace, God's peace, God's care, God's sustenance. But isn't that why we keep coming into this place and linking our lives with all those generations who've come before us across 177 years into this particular beautiful sanctuary? Isn't that why we keep coming in here to sing and to pray and to hear the words of Scripture? so that we can be filled with the buoyancy of God amidst the troubling times because life gets complicated. Life gets difficult. Life becomes even overwhelming at times. Today's first lesson from Psalm 8 reminds us of something very important. Take a look at it again. It's in your bulletin. Our God is very big. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have established... What are human beings that you are mindful, you care for them? All things, all things are under God's feet, it reminds us. Even human beings, especially human beings, human beings amazingly loved as God's beloved creatures. We're so good at making God so small. We have all gotten adept at even dismissing God from our lives. We've got enough to deal with can't think about God, or maybe even worse, we assume we know God so well that we get ourselves quickly on God's side on all the issues that are important to us, big issues or small issues. Hey, God is on our side. That's how we think, and the psalmist is pushing back on that. The psalmist is putting a check on that. The psalmist asserts that God reigns in heaven and on earth, and God is majestic and over all and far bigger than we can ever understand. I take great comfort in that message. We worship and serve a big God, both majestic and attentive to what we're dealing with, over all and among us. Our second lesson from Romans may be one of the best summations of the whole gospel. It's also in your bulletin. It's the essence of faith, you could say. Uh, Look and listen as I read along from chapter 5. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, 
now that you have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. What a beautiful affirmation of faith. I might even ask, is there anything else that we need to know? Is there anything else beside this that we need to hear? Hear that first line again. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. We do not have to achieve peace with God. Peace with God comes to us by grace. God gives us peace with God. That means it's not our doing. It's all God's doing. And God has actually done it. Put us right with God. No difficulty, no demon, no challenge, no heartache, no nothing can change that. Moreover, God is not some angry, aggressive deity ready to condemn us, like some people might want to say. We're given peace with God. It comes as a gift to each of us. And as it says, we boast in our hope of sharing in God's glory. It's a given. This is to remind us, friends, life is held by God. God, the big God of the universe, actually also cares for you and me and every human being. That's the promise. We've been given access to God and God's love and God's care. And it's forever such that we can boast in our hope of sharing in God's life, God's glory forever. And not only that, it says in quotes, and not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings because suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us, it says. Because God's love has been poured out all over us through the Holy Spirit. Now, no one likes suffering. No one. So I'm not sure that boasting in our sufferings even makes sense to most of us. Boasting in our sufferings is kind of a foreign idea. When we suffer, we're not usually inclined to boasting. How great is this? How great is it that I'm suffering? When we suffer, and if you're like me, we're often saying, I'm tired of this. I'm aching because of this. I'm broken. I've lost hope. I've lost faith. Where's God? That's what we're like. Boasting? That doesn't even make sense. But friends, suffering comes to all of us. And suffering is all around us. No matter what the world tells us, no matter what we might want, there is no charmed life where everything is perfect, where life is just full of beautiful sunsets and beautiful people and wonderful meals and whatever else you might want. It's not like that. No, to live is to enjoy life so much. It is a gift from God, but to live 
is also to know suffering. To love is, is to experience loss. To go through our days is also to experience sadness and disease and grief and setback and even crises that linger for a long time. So Paul says, as faithful people, we boast in our sufferings because suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character then produces hope. We can boast because our lives are enfolded forever in God's care. That's the promise. Suffering is not the last word. That's always what God tells us. Sadness and disease and loss and heartache, even death, they are real. But they don't hold the day. That's the promise of Easter. That's the promises of God that are all through Scripture. God is ever mindful of us. God never leaves us. God's Spirit is poured upon us. Our lives are held always in God, in God's hope, in God's glory. That's why Paul says, says we can boast in our sufferings because it's an interim step. So character and hope are what intend to shape us, not discouragement and despair. Character and hope intend to form everything about us. Recently, I came upon, again, a phrase that seems to align with both of our passages today. Our lives are humming with reverence. Your life is humming with reverence. It's because of God. Think about that for a moment. Let that phrase seek in. Our lives are humming with reverence. No matter the storms that come our way, no matter the crises that we may be worried about, whether they're personal or national, whether they're intimate or global, and there can be plenty to worry about, our lives are humming with reverence because of God. The God of the universe is ever mindful of us. Our lives are humming with reverence because while suffering may come our way, loss is part of life. They don't win. God does. Our lives are humming with reverence. Therefore, we should always be about character and hope. We're called, all of us, to keep looking beyond the crises, looking beyond the storms of life to the abiding buoyancy of God that never lets us go. God, the big God of the moon and the stars, is ever mindful of you and me. We've been given peace with God. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we might feel lost, Christ finds us. God's amazing grace finds us. This is the message that sustains us. This is the essence of our faith. Jesus loves me, this I know. We certainly need to hear that in frenetic times. So let's keep at it. Let's keep focused on God because our lives are humming with reverence. There's no doubt about it. And let's stay focused on character and hope because that's what the world needs most. Think about character. Character has to do with the core of who we are. Humming with reverence. We're called not just to do good in the world, 
We're called to be good. Be better than we've been. Keep working on ourselves so that we can become what God wants us to be. Character is about a quiet, humble sense of what is right and what is wrong and continually working on the right and the just and the honorable. Has there ever been a time when this is more needed from all of us? Character is knowing that it's better to give than to receive. Character is knowing that it's better, as Jesus tells us, to lose our life, and then we'll find it. Character is loving intimately, loving sacrificially, and serving others, and living in obedience to God, the God who set the heavens and the earth. Character is about a cohesive life inside and outside that honors others, that respects creation, that works for justice, that walks kindly, that demands peace everywhere. How much does our world need this? And hope. Paul says hope does not disappoint us. Hope affirms that God established the moon and the stars and the same God is ever mindful of us and will never leave us. Hope affirms that we have been given peace with God. Hope reminds us that nothing can separate us from God's love, not heartache, not grief, not tribulation, not the messy stuff of life that gets our attention, gets us off track. Not anything in all creation can separate us from God. That gives us hope, enough hope to sustain us all our days. Friends, God reigns. That's what Psalm 8 affirms. Trusting in God's steadfast love and abiding care, we seek to become the people God made us to be. People of character. People of hope. Look, we can spend our time on meanness. We can spend our time on judging others. We can spend our time on being exclusive and condemning those who are different from us. Or we can focus on character and hope. What do you think God wants from each of us? Amen. Let us pray. Show us your way, O God, and keep showing it to us. By your grace we live. By your grace we serve. We commit our lives to following Christ our Lord. Amen.